Welcome to another episode of the Shups and Preds podcast. This week, we'll be taking a look back at the week that was week six in the CFL, predicting week seven, getting into all the fantasy uh, league leader talk that we know and love. Plus, I have an inter- interesting question at the end of the pod for all our listeners. You're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, yes, you should today, post it in, in, in Reddit, yes. Today, it's just going to be myself, John, Matt, and Tyler. Peter is on a flight from Dallas uh, back to where he lives. Um, and it was a hell. <laughs> Supposedly he got dropped off at the airport at 1 o'clock local time and didn't take off until... I think it was 7 p.m. local time. Ooh, Tough day for Pete. So T's and P's to him, guys. But with that being said, let's just get right into week six. Matt, give me the breakdown of the Elks getting a huge comeback victory in Montreal. Is this a – can we think of a name that's the opposite of a comeback victory like a, a a comeback loss, but it's not a it's not a comeback loss. It's a a come from in front loss. A, a cho- uh, we call that yeah. a, ch- a, ch- a choke. Yeah. No, we call it a come from in front loss. Yeah, there we go. Le- leave from in front loss. Yes. Or uh, so uh, this the, was... the great saying, snatching victory for snatching defeat, defeat from, from the, the jaws, jaws of, victory. of victory. Yeah. Yes. And who can we thank for this glorious defeat, guys? Anybody? Oh, uh, Kahari Jones. <laughs> well, not Kahari Jones. We can thank the people who fired Kahari Jones. Uh, we can thank the Montreal secondary. Oh, uh, they stink. They're not good. They, I'll, you know, pass interference. So yeah. So, you know, plenty of great plays from from Taylor Cornelius, uh, Darrell Walker getting back into the mix. Kenny Lawler's been great all year, um, but six uh, six penalties, one hundred and thirty three yards. On the defense, uh, three big um, pass interferences and one that led to the the game winning touchdown, and just a silly like, uh, just a very very stupid uh, penalty. Um, not even paying attention, I, and I don't have the guy's name in front of me uh, who who committed that last pass interference, but not even looking at the ball, doesn't know where his mark is at, and just barrels through him, not even paying attention basically cost the team the game and that was kind of uh although I, you know like i said i'll give credit to edmonton for with a uh, you know kind of an inter- inexperienced quarterback and in taylor cornelius um but they were able to get some things done but really I, I feel like um some really poor play out of the uh just and, and more poor um discipline Right, if, not, not not so much bad play, but a real, and this has been an issue. I mean, this is why, uh, John, you're gonna have to give me a uh, pronunciation on the new head coach for Montreal, Danny Machoja. Machoja, uh, this is why I think Machode. Kari uh... Jones go is is there's there's discipline problems on the field. Yes. Um. So Machode expect, came up short. You know what I mean? Didn't expect him to turn around in, in week one, but uh, yes. if anything, it got worse. It got way worse. It got way worse. So, uh, but I I do think Montreal is not looking great. But I, I was, you know, I, I still think they could right the ship. I don't think they're in danger of making a deep run into the playoffs. Um, but I think Eugene Lewis obviously is playing very very well. Um, Walter Fletcher I think has really stepped into his own um, seven carries for sixty four yards, including a big. 42-yarder that, unfortunately, Montreal wasn't able to capitalize on. They got a field goal out of that drive. Um, But, you know, Trevor Harris has some good throws and bad throws. He just needs to work on those floaty ones, uh, which were two of his interceptions. Uh, And I think they can go 500 this year. Uh, For the Elks, I I don't know. I don't know that this was the, uh, the dub's a dub is all I can say. So what do you guys think of this one? As I said last week, the rule is if the Elks win, we talk about how bad it is for the team that they got that they beat. That's the story. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I want to say before we get too deep. Great overlooked play. You guys maybe know the one I'm talking about. It was in the lead up to the um, Elks final score to take the lead. Taylor Cornelius, this was 
ended up being on second and 10, uh, pass completed uh, to Mike Jones for 17-yard gain. He broke like two tackles in the backfield, was ripping and rolling out, and finally made a pass downfield. If yeah. any other quarterback in the CFL had made that throw, it would have been all over the highlights. Oh, get real. It if was Zach Caleros no. had made that play, <laughs> the league would have imploded by how much how much love fest it would have been. This was an incredible play by Taylor Cohen. I thought you were going to talk about how driving. bad Montreal was. And you did this That's aside. why I said before I get too deep, and now I'm going to get back into the fact that, yeah, it's just the penalties, man. As a yards. Kenny Lawler Ugh. fantasy owner, I would have loved to have 116 yards of receptions, but instead, um, I believe his name, oh, I'm missing a first name, but Mr. Sutton had 100, I think 116 yards of pass interference penalties alone on Kenny Lawler. 116, <laughs> that's that's not sustainable if you want to win football games. Uh, so maybe West West Sutton. Stop. Stop. Holding. Stop. Pass interference. Stop all this stuff. You guys are an undisciplined group of uh, men, and you let the worst team in the CFL back into it because now they're not the worst team in the CFL. I I think both of these teams have terrible defensive lines. There's only one sack in this entire game. Uh, Yes. I think this is just a team. both teams, again, trying to give the game away. (laughs) It felt like... Hold up. Edmonton claimed that shit down the run. Yeah, Ed, well, I know, but Edmonton was terrible in the first half. They were the second gone. quarter was bad. They were bad. It was a really bad first half for Edmonton. Yes. So yes, they, they they set themselves up to have to to be you know coming back. And then if you're if you're Montreal, you don't you score your last scores with seven and a half minutes left in the third, and you don't you don't get a single point after that. Two rouges would have done it for you. I would have just. I would love to see this Montreal offense if Jake Winicky was playing for them again this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so would my fantasy team. I've got a stat later. I'll tell you when we get to predictions on our boy Winicky. It will shock you. It will shock you to your core. Yeah, but no, tr- I've got nothing to say. Uh, it's the East, so like you can lose to Edmonton like this, and you're still in a totally fine position. Uh, they're tied for second with Hamilton now, who has a win. <laughs> Whatever, just do it. Just try and get. It's going to be the battle for second. So, uh, yeah, I got nothing to say. They, they don't impress me much, but that don't impress I'm sure me it, much. When Montreal inevitably gets a first round home game and they beat the whatever ten and eighteen or ten and eight Saskatchewan Rough Riders, hey, and Montreal's whoa. like seven and eleven. It's going to be absolutely classic. That's my prediction. Okay. That's my hot Yeah, take. well, predict this. Uh, we're moving on to the next uh, game. So. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, tell us about the game of the year so far. Part I two. Did, now, this game lived up to w- the first game of the year. This w- lived up so to far, no doubt. So far. This did not live up to the billing. This one, on the other hand, did. Uh, <laughs> yes. A much closer, much tightly, much more tightly contested game. Uh you know, we finally saw saw Winnipeg uh, truly, I think, challenged to the point where I thought they were going to lose. Uh, I think this is a story of, of well, I, the Calgary also, God, you have to just credit the Winnipeg defense. Bo Levi was 12 of 28. Yeah. Just, that's to hold a quarterback in the CFL to under 50%, a quarterback of, of Bo's. Who's not named Vernon Adams. He's not named Vernon Adams is very impressive just off the bat uh and for calgary this is now the second time that a team has actually run all over winnipeg and then just failed to commit to it now for for toronto it was for a single play for calgary it was for an entire game so uh to me this loss is a coaching loss if you're averaging 9.2 yards per carry so what is it it's officially week six and we're back to the dickinson hate for you uh, yeah, this was. <laughs> well, the guy should have tried harder not to deserve it. This was this this <laughs> was true. This Fair. was a. Th- I think I, I'm curious if you guys also feel the same way. If Kadeem Carey is just getting you chunk plays, and all Bo has to do is turn around and give him the ball, why would you stop doing it? I, I don't. I don't quite understand. They couldn't stop him all game long, and yet he finishes with 12 carries, 110 yards, great game. 
but he kept I kept feeling he could have double the amount of carries, and they probably would have won the game. You know, they possessed the ball terribly, throwing it. They had again Winnipeg back to back weeks of dominating possession. Another thirty seven minutes of possession this game. So Bo can't complete a pass. Kadeem's running down their throats for ten, almost ten yards a carry, and you lose the game by seven. <laughs> I mean, Dude, it felt. I, it's, I'm, it, I'm it, with I, you. I feel almost silly. I, uh, you know. <sighs> I wonder if it's you. You guys might have had this uh, playing your, you know, setting your fantasy lineup where you feel like a guy might not compete as well against a team, even though he's been. Uh, producing for you the whole year, but you think yeah. the matchup is bad, so yeah. you back off of him. Yeah. And obviously they've only played Edmonton twice, uh, Hamilton, and um, and oh, Montreal. Sure. So maybe Dave's like, oh, now it's the, the first real defense. Like, I don't want to stick with my guy, Bo, and forgets. He just has a momentary lapse of reason, forgets uh, what where his bread is buttered. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what. There's no excuse. Who, Tyler, who te- you're completely who text, correct. Who texted the group chat that the year of the running back is, is already dead? That I was did. Matt. It's brutal when the coaches are the ones killing it, though. I mean, well, I really... Let's, I, well, for my guys, let's talk about how bad... Backs. Yeah, because, I mean, on the other side of the ball, you've got... Like, I know Johnny Augustine now has picked up a knock. He's picked up, picked up a bit of an ankle injury. But, like, Brady Oliveira... Has been S in the B so far this year. Yeah, Nine another, another. You're just naming. Okay, sorry, you've named I, two games in a row fantasy fantasy players of mine that are terrible. Brady Oliver. So somebody, somebody's got a TV on in the background. Oh, or yeah. something. Tyler. There's a, there's a lot of commotion at the at the household right now. Okay. I, I can't. All right, really, so it's I, not a TV, and then we're just gonna. Okay, that's fine. Um, Brady Oliveira, nine carries for eight yards. That's just. Horrible, but you've got Zach Caleros. Dude, yeah, is that is there a possibility of getting that sucker turned off? It's the people in his house. It's not a TV. Oh, geez. All right. Well. We may have to cut that part out. Sorry about that, guys. Tell him you're recording a pod. Well, no, it's all right. Someone's it cooking, adds someone's cooking dinner at 10 p.m. That's... Let's... let's... <laughs> keep, right, going. keep going. Keep um, going. Yeah, I mean, the story of this game for me is the Winnipeg offense just exploding. Greg Ellingson having the best game of any receiver so far this year, in my opinion. Uh, He unfortunately didn't get a touchdown. Um, Both of Calaris' touchdowns going to newly move to the main roster. Carlton Agadozzi. Where did he go to university? Boston Rutger, College. Rutgers Scarlet Knight. Oh, <laughs> damn. As with Janarion Grant, their kick returner. So they've got a couple. Of, I don't know. Tyler, you might have to switch over to Winnipeg. I've never, I've always actually despised Rutgers. because oh, every, sorry. Everybody from high school that I know went there was just tried to make Rutgers sports a thing. Not and, a thing. Not a thing. Stop it. Here's what I'll say. And you know this is, I gotta, you know, this is my bit, the king of the good loss. For Calgary, you play pretty, pretty poorly offensively. Your passing game is totally anemic. As Tyler said, Bo Levi Levi Mitchell, 42.9 completion percentage. And you lose by a touchdown. You are certainly upset with how you executed. And you say, wow, we really shot ourselves in the foot. But there's a little bit of confidence, I think, that you go, okay. Kamar Jordan had how many drops himself? We had a, Six. Are we just naming fantasy players on my team that are having I know, bad dude, seasons? Hey, we'll we'll talk about seven, You had a bad week. Seven. But so there were bad drops left and right. Um, it was difficult. Now, the Winnipeg passing defense played very well they created a lot of uh issues for Bo. there's no doubt about that but i i think if i think calgary's running through tape and all they're seeing is opportunities all right we could have done this there and attainable opportunities not not like oh if we totally changed our scheme we could have taken advantage of something so i th- i'm excited for when these guys play again because uh, you can see how competitive they are um uh, but yeah i mean winnipeg once again just asserts their dominance they're the best in the league and uh, yeah, they they're they're tough and they know how to win. 
I, I will say Winnipeg didn't score enough for how dominant they were offensively. 26, 26 points is belies the effort. 26 first, they have as many points as they do first downs. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they dominated. It's it. We hate it. You know, they're, they're disciplined. Only five penalties for 40 yards. It's <sighs> no, they're a machine. Oh boy. It's just, uh, we, th- we thought it was, we, we were so two weeks ago, we were so excited that maybe the, the league had caught up with Winnipeg. Well, and now, and now, they just haven't faced the Edmonton Elks yet. <laughs> they just got to play down to their competition a little bit more. All right. Any final notes on what was the game of the year so far? Part two. Calgary is the second best team in the CFL. Still, um, I think that's totally true. Also, uh, incredible atmosphere at IG Field. Yeah, just I think that I think, was coming through the screen. It was game, awesome. Game of game of the year. And and John, tell tell the fans what you saw this week. Oh yeah. At World Track and Field Championships down in Eugene, Oregon, uh, I was walk- rocking some Elks gear, had my Elks hat on, and saw a gentleman rocking a Stampeders hat. So the league is strong. The league is strong. That's all I've got to say. Did you ask if you listened to the pod? Oh, we had, no, dude, we nearly got in a fight. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Shall we, shall we move on? But let's talk about... I. You guys can talk about the game. It was a great game. Uh, Toronto winning 30-24. to 24. It was awesome. It was dramatic. Also good atmosphere. The New- setting, in touch, uh, setting touchdown Atlanta uh, in Wolfsville was awesome. But for me, it was totally ruined by a few things. One, you've got pregame. Duke Williams throwing a helmet at Shaq Richardson. Yeah, not great. Um, Argos coach Ryan Dinwiddie accusing Duke of spitting on Richardson. Uh, So that's not good. Um, You've got 132 penalty yards for the Riders, 153 for the Argos. Multiple players ejected for multiple game misconduct violations. You've got the CFL has backed themselves into a corner where the Riders feel like now they're being – unfairly treated there was a no call on a questionable roughing the passer early in the game Uh, Sean Oakman got into Cody Fajardo's legs Uh, I didn't think it was roughing the passer but I know many do Um, and then you had a the refs are scrambling so they make a horrible makeup call in the second half of the game where Cody Fajardo is two yards past the line of scrimmage he's no longer a quarterback and Shane Ray drags him down from behind as Cody's letting the ball go, and they call roughing the passer. It was one of the worst calls I've ever seen in my life. And it's this is just, I have the worst feeling, especially, obviously, they're playing a rematch this week, but this is going to be every Riders game from here on out. It's an absolute mess. The second Duke Williams throws a helmet at somebody, he should be ejected. He should be ejected. Because the second you don't penalize somebody for that, it just opens the floodgates. And people... Yeah, next you're going to have guys diving at quarterback's legs. and Well, somebody somebody on Twitter said, like, God, I haven't seen the CFL fumble a situation so bad since that Garrett Marino incident of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, oh, it's, it's so frustrating to watch. Like, I don't need... At one point in the game you had... Um, Shaq Richardson, Duke Williams go face to face again. Shaq Richardson punches Duke, or you know, open handed, hits him in the face mask. I'm I'm so sick of that crap. It is not that is not what I'm watching a game for. I don't I don't want to see all these late hits, all these scuffles after the whistle, all this absolute crap. And I feel like it's just uh, going to be. Can all we call up? Can long. we call? Can we call up the coaches from another coach here for a minute? The Dickinsons. The Dickinsons are just sucking ass right now. Why do you say this? Well, one one can't. Are you call on him, Jamal Morrow? Yeah, one can't. Yeah, one can't. No, just the co- the conduct of the riders, just and just yeah. also also just leaving Cody in the game after he was knee was clearly hurt. It looks like yeah. he's not going to play this week. Just you know, uh, bad coaching and just like obviously well, has no con- like, no control of this team. You know, I'm not gonna, I, yeah, I, I, I tweeted I, it out. Uh, Craig Dickinson in an interview, post game interview, said. Uh, why it asked why Cody was in there with an injured knee. He said, uh, I'd have a fight on my hands if I tried to take him out. He wants to finish the game. And it's like, you uh, who's are the coach? the coach. 
you you get to decide. Like he doesn't like you. Keep, he gets to do what you tell him to do. That's yeah. how how football works. Yeah, and and I mean, and then so he throws Yargo, a pick. Yargo <laughs> sacked Fajardo five times. Well, it's and like got tell, pressure yeah. on him multiple more times. Yeah, he was a sitting duck out there. Why? Yeah. Why? Why did uh, Cody call that audible? Like, why didn't you tell him to run a, a sweep route? <sighs> well, hey, listen, that guy. I tell him, I, I you know, I got to pick my battles. It's like, no, you just tell him what to do. They're but all your like, battles. You're the coach. <laughs> it, it's just like because I like I saw, or we all saw when they didn't call that pass interference on the Sean Oakman hit, like Dave Dickinson's over there, they challenged it. And you can hear him saying, like, he feels like now that the riders are targeted by the league and that they're not going to get the calls anymore because the league's mad at them and yada, yada, yada. And it's just creating, like, an incredible... Well, there was 14 calls against, against Toronto, so that's just not true. Yeah, it's just not true. But, man, I, I, I just, like, I'm not stoked about... I just like this game. This game, this upcoming week, this rematch is going to be incredible. This, I'm excited for the football. But if we're just going to have another 60 minutes of guys throwing late shots and getting in arguments and doing crap like this, the league still has yet to have a final say on the Duke Williams incident. Like let's like let's speed this up, guys. I saw after the Garrett Marino thing. I forget it was a somebody I think who works for Three Down Nation tweeted, and they were like. I've worked in PR before, and the rule is is that if you don't get the PR situation confronted within 24 hours, it spins out of control. And they mess, they miss that timeline with Marino, and they're missing it with Williams. You had a player throw a helmet at another player and allegedly spit on him. We're and not even talking CFL about the game. Again, it's two, two weeks in a row. The CFL two... has said nothing. I, I that's, know. Just... That's so lame. We want to it's talk so about lame. the games. We want to talk about what happened on the field because – yes. Because these games are close and they're interesting and they're compelling. But yeah, they're, this game they're, was awesome. But 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 we're here talking about two weeks yeah. in a row. We're not talking about football, which is I just feel is, like it's just going to keep getting worse. So that's I, my that's my gripe. That's why yeah. I wanted to talk about this game is because I just let's, I, let's just it, do a drive by of what happened on the field at least. I hey, mean, let me give shouts though. Yeah. Great back and forth game sealed by a uh, Toronto's really Toronto good. Can we talk? Six. I don't, I don't, I don't well, hold on. They're not really good. Yes, they are. No, they are not really. Good. <laughs> yes, they are. No, they are not. They played. They played Winnipeg into a probably the probably the, the closest that Winnipeg's come to losing. They've BC. Okay, they had BC happen. It was what it was. They were out of the game early. They've played well, great the last two weeks. I really like Toronto. Like I really like Toronto. I'm just being a bit uh, pedantic about your use of the word "really good." They're okay. They're a good team. They're not really good. I think they're a top. I think they're a top. Four, if you top say they're a top four. five team in the CFL, I'm gonna drive to the East Coast and punch you in the face. <laughs> they're a top four team in the CFL. Because you think they're above the Riders? I do. All right. Um, Especially the Riders without Cody Fajardo, because who knows how long he's gonna be out. So on the field, it was kind of interesting. Um, the Toronto defense was incredible. Um, three interceptions. Like I said, five sacks. They're a serious, serious unit. The Toronto offense was interesting. Andrew Harris had a bad game. Yeah. Uh, he had 15 carries for only 39 yards. Um, so really not what you expect to see, but respect well, to this Statch yeah. defense. They're, they're the real deal. We've got to give them their credit. But um, I liked what I saw from MBT, letting it loose, making some big plays. Um, and I think finally that uh, – <laughs> like seven of MBT's eleven incompletions were to Brandon or uh, Brandon Banks, so like that's my one thing that like kind of oddly sticks out from the statistics is that I really I really like, like the Toronto receiving core. I really don't think that there's a guy. I think they don't have a guy, so I really yeah. do think they're able to. Again, we got Canfields with six catches, Daniels with five, Gittins with four, Harris with three, Ambles with five. Banks with three, so you have one, two, three, four, five, six guys with multiple yeah. with at least three Banks receptions. Has, so far this year, Banks has receptions on less than fifty percent of his targets. They got to throw to him. They got to throw to him to open the other receivers up, though. So I, they got to switch it. it out. They can't just keep trying to pump it deep to him. They got to try and get it just underneath and let him work in space. Would be my 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 thought. And then also similar to the Kadeem Carey uh, issue, Jamal Morrow 
he rushed for 77 yards. Now he had 51 of those in one big pop, but only 11 carries, um, especially when they were leading late. What's, figured, Fra- what's going on with Frank Hickson? They just didn't give him the ball. He played. Just didn't give him – yeah. That, oh, you remember that guy who had, like, a really good game last, last week? Let's give him no carry. Let's give him one catch for three yards. It's so – yeah. I, it's weird. The Dickinsons this week failed at coaching. Just <laughs> awful all around. Dickinsons, yeah. you're, you're on my you're on my shit list this week for bad coaching, bad right. leadership. Matt, what's a, give us a final take on this game. The reason that I say the year of the running back is over is that the running backs that are really succeeding are the dual threat running backs. So, uh, and Jamal Morrow is the the prime example of it. So the um, Kadeem Carey, I think, has excelled. But Andrew Harris, uh, William Powell, just as the classic, you know, um, short, you know, not short yardage, but the classic running back where it's just out of the shotgun or out of the, you know, regular, um, yeah, you know, single positions. Back, it's like back. you've got to be able to spread the field, yeah. and like it's just for whatever reason, running is not working, and so the guys who are, and so when they. You know, when you, you pick up a, a running back and they get, get the ball, it's just, there's nothing happening. So you've got to figure out how to get those guys wide because those are the running backs that are, are making making the plays. It's tough. Let's let, let, Speaking of that, let's move to final game of the week where the starting running backs average 2.2 and 3.1 yards per carry, respectively. Um, and that's going to be Ottawa at Hamilton with the Ticats picking up their first win of the season. Um, guys, just give me a roundtable. Give me a quick fire. What's a take on this game? Do you think this showed signs of, hey, the Ticats finally got in the groove, or was them? My power moving? ranking. My power rankings are just fantastic. That's what it says. Give these us are, a, the, give these me are a the two, These are the two worst teams in the CFL. The fact that anybody had these two teams not as their worst two teams is crazy. They're the worst two teams. Hamilton's still a mess. Yeah, Dane played well, but you know this, he had a good game. But again, these te- they don't score. They scored, okay, they score twenty five. You know, like great. You, th- you throw for all these yards. This is also the season where people get a lot of yards and just there's there's certain teams in this league that are just racking up yards but just can't score. Yes. Uh, they can, another team two two teams that also can't run the ball. Don Jackson eleven carries for thirty four yards. How does he get eleven carries? I would have stopped it for two. Uh, William Powell, 28 yards on 13 carries. Woof. Uh, I think if you're the Red Blacks, I think silver line for the Red Blacks, it could have been really bad with the quarterback situation. Caleb Evans tried his tried his damnedest, and they and he played decently. He played about as good as he's going to play in this. No, CFL. he's a gamer. He works his butt off, and he puts his body on and the line. And he threw the ball to Jalen Afghan, which saved my fantasy week. So I, I have to props to Caleb Evans for yeah. for, for for you know <laughs> sticking in there on this one. But man, this is just a bunch of bad, bad feeling for Ottawa. You know, you thought after the first two weeks where they really put up a fight against Winnipeg that you know they'd get into the Eastern Conference play and you know they'd be they'd they'd be getting some dubs. But this season is really unraveled really quickly for them. Yeah. Um, Hamilton, I, I don't think we know. I, I think we know what Hamilton is at this point, which is a, not a good team. I think this was the you know they came off the bye and I really thought they'd come out here and stomp Ottawa. Instead, you know. They keep it's close. Should a game again, again, a game that shouldn't be close, shouldn't have been close against Calgary, shouldn't have been close against Ottawa. They let teams hang around. This is a team that's going to blow a lot of games that they probably should win. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a team of the, two, the game of the two worst teams. So I don't know. I don't have any confidence in either of these two teams moving forward. No, I think that's totally fair here. I want to, Matt, go ahead because I got to look something up. If you have thoughts. I, I really I, I want to echo what Tyler's saying, although I don't think that Ottawa is as bad as like <laughs> as bad as zero and five would suggest. <laughs> I mean, obviously, uh, losing Jeremiah Masoli is a, a huge bummer, but it's not like they were setting the world on fire and then you know that that cut them cut them down. Yeah, they just have to. I hate to hate to say it, but yeah, they're not they're not any good. Yeah, like, so I, I was wa- really buying in. I really I really did, and currently am buying into the Ottawa resurgence. Like I want it to happen so bad, yeah. and 
it didn't happen when they were playing really well and had their star quarterback, and it doesn't seem like it's going to happen now when, you know. They this is their closest. To, yeah, it's like the closest they've gotten to winning, and it's, it happened to be like maybe the one of their worst offensive game. Starbuckle's going to come in and turn it around. But I wanted to talk about Hamilton really quickly. What I wanted to look up just to confirm what I had already thought. Um, but we all remember the horrible when they had to come from the front uh, defeat against Calgary in week two and they were leading 24 to three at halftime. Yep. That I remember watching that game. Um, I had picked Calgary to win, but Hamilton came, Hamilton came out. They had come, they had just had a pretty poor showing in week one against Saskatchewan offensively. And they were just lighting the world on fire. And I was like, okay, they're back. Like this is the team we all expected. And then it's as if they went into the locker room that halftime of that Calgary game and somebody flipped a switch that completely shut off uh, all their football playing, like playmaking capabilities. Like it just seems like a team that we got familiar these past two years in 2019 then in 2021 with Hamilton like having an identity of making big plays, of being exciting and then yeah they had a game-winning touchdown which was awesome but they also almost gave it away by allowing Ottawa to attempt a field goal at the end of the game uh, to take the win so it just seems like Hamilton has no idea what they're doing Um, that being said uh, again they're going to be in the fight for a playoff position so good for them yeah I think uh, I think to highlight like why Hamilton is like marginally better than Ottawa is just looking at the box score at the receiving yeah. So we just talked about how Toronto can spread the ball out. Six receivers was at least three catches. Ottawa has Athens with six catches, Bahar with five, RJ Harris with three. Nobody else. There were four catches made by three different players outside of that. So just not none of weapons in Ottawa. Yep. Uh, and Hamilton's got a little bit more weapons. Braylon Addison played well. Tim White played really well. Uh, you know, they have a little bit more, but you know, STE, where's he gone? Ghost, ghost, well, dude, a shadow yeah. of himself. You know, I'm an STE stan. You are, you have been. But that dude, I feel like he had a real opportunity at the beginning of the year to show out, um, with Don Jackson being injured. And I feel like he just kind of missed that opportunity. Um, you know, he only, now he only has five carries this year or sorry, 14 carries this year, but for 55 yards. So that's nothing spectacular. He does have 20 receptions for 132 yards, but as we know, he's had a couple bad drops leading to interceptions. Um, and so I feel like that was me. I know I like, I'm like, was very ready for SDE to take a bigger role. But yeah, he just kind of didn't grasp that. So now I do kind of understand why they're maybe putting him on the back burner a little bit now that Don Jackson's healthy. Um, but that's all we've got to say about that. Anything, final notes before we uh, put week yeah, six in the rear view? Second silver lining for Ottawa, even though I kind of just dragged them. They did have five sacks in the game. Dude, so. um, yes, uh, Malden is legit. Yeah, so I think they got something there. Kicker going one for three just hurts this game really yeah really just a team a team that can just, you know uh, Hamilton likes to give away give away games and, and Ottawa's a team that just doesn't like to take them no I think like Ottawa is defense is a good defense but they I don't think their offense really uh puts helps them. it doesn't help them no it doesn't it doesn't all right well let's go over league leaders really quick before we uh hop into week seven preds this is really just because he's played six games, and it's not because he's a good quarterback. But Zach Caleros is leading the league in passing yards with 1,536. Jamal Morrow leading the league in rushing yards with 412. Uh, our boy, Greg Ellingson, leading the league in receiving yards with 518 after a massive Week 6 performance. And then Pete Robertson still leading the league in sacks with seven, though Lorenzo Malden of the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks is now hot on his tail with five. Um, Have you guys peeped the uh, top three for receiving yards? Yes, dude. This year? Greg is up big. Greg? Well, who, top three. Uh, who we got there, John? Top that Dom, three. Dom, Dom Rhymes up there? No. 
Uh, top three for receiving yards is Greg Ellingson, Malik Henry, and Eugene Lewis. Whoever has those guys on his team is going to be really crushing it. Really year. happy. <laughs> but hey, Dom Rimes is top for receiving touchdowns, though, Tyler. So shout out, Dom Rimes. Shout out, shout out, Dom Rimes. Um, all right. Let's talk week seven. Uh, we're going to start it off with Montreal at Ottawa. Uh, who is first? I haven't seen the graphics. Who is tis, first? Tis I. We were all two and two last week. Okay, so yeah. Tyler. Yeah, no, no, no change. Just dragged Ottawa hard, but Montreal's got a terrible, terrible defense. And Caleb Evans. Oh, they're terrible. That secondary is god awful. So I think Ottawa gets their first one of the season. I think it's more of a. More of a, it's, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. It's a home game. Montreal's pass defense stinks, so Caleb Evans, uh, or Starbuckle, whoever plays, uh, will be playing who I think is maybe the worst pass defense. Maybe not statistically. I'd have to look up numbers, but they just feel like they suck. Um, and uh, for that reason, feeling. and and no Kahari Jones, their confidence is shot after that Edmonton uh, whatever give it up game, let down game, whatever you want to call it. Yes. Their their confidence is in the shitter. Uh, Trevor Harris throws interceptions. Um, I think Ottawa gets a couple sacks, maybe four or five, and uh, finally gets a win if their kicker doesn't blow it. I can see that happening. It could also happen. Kickers have blown a lot of games this year. All right. Peter is taking the Montreal Alouettes. Peter is in second in fantasy for the, or excuse me, in Preds for those yes, uh, wondering. Matt, who do you have? I, for much the same reasons that Tyler does, have the Ottawa Red Blacks mm. uh, that I think they can uh, grab at least two picks. Yep. I mean, if, if, if like over under two point five, yep. I'm probably taking over. Ooh. No, but, so. Uh, yeah, the Ottawa defense, they're tied for the second most sacks in the league, and they're also, they've forced the most turnovers in the Eastern Conference with 10. So their defense yeah. is legit. Yeah, so um, I think uh, a couple uh, patented Trevor Harris floaters, uh, underthrown floaters, are uh, just ripe for the picking. And yeah, whether it's it's Evans or Arbuckle, I think. Uh, Trevor Harris's dumps only float. <laughs> That'd be. Uh, Good, good. Enough enough movement out of the offense to uh, to get something done. So, despite s- quoting those statistics about my my uh, enjoyment of the Ottawa defense, I am going to take the Alouettes. Um, I I just don't feel the guy in last going chalk is the lamest. Dude, I feel like this is I I haven't seen the line, but I feel like this is pretty dang damn close. I don't think that's a chalk pick. Dill's chalk. All right, let's let's look it up. <laughs> Dang, damn. Okay. Uh, let's see, CFL on <laughs> week seven. We this make, is from this we is make from, great content. This is from Odds Shark. Um, so Montreal is a one point favorite. Okay. From, point stands. Uh, from with, you're, uh, you're let's see, that's bitch. at one site. Uh, <laughs> you're <a> chocolate. <laughs> yeah. No, on a few other sites, they're a two and a, a two and a half point favorite. So I am. I'm a chalk bitch. But I think that I just don't have enough faith in the Ottawa offense. Fair. It's fair. Fair. I mean, that's they did my score thirty. What is it? Thirty two points. 23 points. I know. That's terrible. No, it's not terrible. It's hey, not I, don't terrible. Know that, I don't know that you could say Ottawa's that Hamilton the... has a like much worse defense than Ottawa. Or sorry, than Montreal. No, I, I think that Ottawa Hamilton was... was rested though coming to that game. That was that was off a of bye week. So I, I think I just do think I got... don't I just don't no, but that's think what I'm they... saying is that you can't say that they scored twenty three against Hamilton, yeah. which you couldn't say that Hamilton has a worse defense than Montreal. So yeah. I, I would expect Ottawa to score twenty three or more. Hopefully, God willing, God, it's got to be there, man. Yeah. They, have to, they have to win a game. Like last season, we were waiting. We kept waiting for them to win a game, and it eventually well, no, happened. They did have they a victory early in the season against yeah. the Alex, possibly in week one. But 
<laughs> Here's the stat I've been sitting on for you. Oh, God. He's... Seven receptions, 114 yards. That was Jake, plus a touchdown, was Jake Winicky's stat line week 11 against Ottawa last week last year. Now, why is seven receptions for 114 yards important? That's actually the exact stats he has for this entire season so far. Seven receptions, 114 yards for what I think many considered a top 10, top 15 wide receiver in the league coming into this season. I, I don't know what has happened, but I'm just going to put out good energy into the world and maybe Jake breaks out of his uh, shell. You're just trying to convince me to put him in my lineup, which I refuse to do. Yes, this is all a con. <laughs> no, I, I just am shocked by it. Like, week in and week out, I've been waiting, and it just hasn't happened. Um, and it's not going to so, happen against Ottawa. Ottawa has a good defense, so I, I, it's not the week to do it. Okay. We shall see. We shall see. But um, I'm excited. Uh, I'm hoping. I'm hoping it does happen. Hoping uh, Jake maybe uh, returns to his old form, and with that, he will bring a uh, a victory to the Alouettes. So, moving on to our second game of the week, which is going to be Hamilton at BC. Tough matchup for the Ticats coming off their first win of the season. Peter has selected the BC Lions. Matt, what say you? Uh, it's sure. Uh, I'm thinking BC. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, uh, nothing to say here other than BC is a much better team. Hamilton sucks, and uh, BC yes. will win. Yeah, it's the turnovers for me again. Hamilton, they had three fumbles and an interception on Saturday. That makes that 20 turnovers on the season most in the league. Uh, that's four more than Edmonton, who's in second with 16. Um, and I just think it'll be exciting to see the Lions. Uh, you know, they've had the week off licking their wounds um, after being humbled by Winnipeg. Uh, let's see how they come back, a bounce-back game. So I've got the Lions winning this one. I think the game will be closer. I That could be true. I think it'll be closer than I than probably whatever that website you went to probably says. I'm guessing if, if that website probably says they're eight eight to ten point favorites, I would guess. Um, uh, they're, yeah, eight point favorites. Boom. Uh, I will take BC, but I, gosh, I am really down on BC's defense. After the first two weeks where they, I thought they were world beaters, I really just don't. They look like more like cheap beaters the last... <laughs> nice. The last games. So... Yeah, I, I think BC because they outscore, but I think Hamilton gets theirs. I think Hamilton puts up 30 points, uh, and I think BC just puts up 40 points. I think Hamilton doesn't have a great defense. So I think it's two, 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 I think it'll be a fun game for that reason. I think both teams don't have good defenses. Uh, and, da- and Dane, at least two games this year, has shown that he can ball out and throw up big numbers. I mean, he's had two. He's, he's had a 400-yard game, and he's had, this week was an almost 400-yard game. Uh well on its way to it so yeah i think dane i think dane will be be locked in for this one but i, I just i think bc has more weapons and i think that's why i gotta go bc in the shootout i really want to go with hamilton though i really do Ugh, but i'm gonna go with bc i'm a chalk i'm a little chalk bitch bc it is winnipeg at edmonton probably i think winnipeg's staring down their toughest game of the season yet please uh, do with, it. no please. uh matt who do you got well, since he's not here to say it, uh, until they show me something different, yes. uh, we're sticking with Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, yeah we've got a about. team that makes mistakes in Edmonton and a team that does not make mistakes in Winnipeg. I'm going to go with the one that does not make the mistakes. Thing is that, what's, the thing is, what's the worst about Winnipeg is they could make mistakes, and their defense is good enough that it doesn't matter. Yeah. that's that's the, There's so much margin for error. Yeah. yeah. Next. Tough. You've got, so you got to say it. Make it official. Winnipeg. Okay. And finally, game of the week, right? Toronto at Saskatchewan. Uh, the rematch. I think, I, yeah, for the for the bad blood. For the I think for the entertainment though, for like the non penalty off the field entertainment, I think Hamilton BC will be the most fun game of the week. But they you could have a little bit of an air out fest there. But I think this is my game of the week in 
terms of a rivalry and bad blood. And hopefully you keep that between the whistles this week and we just get a bunch of good action like we did last weekend. Um, I will say there is a path to victory for both teams. I think this is pretty tightly contested. Um, For me, though, if they're going to stick Cody Fajardo in there, I think that he succumbs to the pressure. Five sacks on Saturday. He's now even less mobile. Um, I think the Argos just keep him under duress, force mistakes, create turnovers, um, and the Argos get the job done. Tyler? I'm picking against Saskatchewan two weeks in a row against the same team. I think Toronto is better than Saskatchewan. If you ask me to do power rankings right now, I'd put Toronto ahead of Saskatchewan. I know 2-2 two and two versus 4-2, and two. okay. Um, yeah. Saskatchewan's two losses are worse than Toronto's two losses. Um, Toronto's two losses are to BC and Winnipeg. Saskatchewan's two losses are to, to Montreal and Toronto. So... Uh, the fact that it's a home game, I hate picking against Sketch at home just because, for you know, they just don't lose. Magic and Mosaic. Yeah, they, just don't, they just don't lose home games. But yes. uh, but with everything going on with Cody maybe playing, I, apparently he suffered a major, quote-unquote, major setback today, which is making it look like unlikely he plays. Probably better, actually, for Sketch one if he doesn't play, to be honest with you. Um, he looked terrible at the end of last week uh, with the bad knee. Yeah, now is it a major is it a major setback for a minor comeback or how does that work? Not sure, but I won't be uh, I won't be picking him. How about that? Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, I think Toronto's defense is legit. Uh, I think their offense is is just clicking now. So Peter Boylo selected the Rough Riders, and now it comes all down to Matt. Matt, what you got? I. Um, yeah, I would say if Cody was healthy, I definitely would be more inclined to pick Saskatchewan, but a, a limping Cody Fajardo or uh, a healthy Mason Fine, yeah. I don't see getting it done uh, over a Toronto team that I agree with Tyler is right there with the rest of the, uh, the league, and, and they're, looking, they're looking pretty good. Yes. Give so if Jamal Toronto. Morrow gets north of fifteen touches, I think you could. I think that's Saskatchewan's path to victory, though. Give Jamal the ball. Dickinsons don't give the running backs the ball when they're running well. Tough. They only do it when they're not running well. True, true. With that being said, Matt, talk to us about some fantasy. All right, so it was a, another interesting week. Oh, well, very interesting here. Read, uh, read bad for Tyler. Well, we needed, Tyler, you to stumble so it could be interesting. Uh, the race for second place could be interesting again. <laughs> so, um, I mean, props is due. We, we finally had a, a, a boy crack the century mark thanks to a uh, big game out of uh, Dane Evans and Tim White who connected uh, at the last second to win their game and push John over the 100-point mark. Uh, so they were 22.7 for Dane and 19 for Tim White. Uh, another uh, big game out of Kenny Lawler. Could have been even bigger uh, if he had have been allowed to catch the balls he was thrown instead of just pushed over. So John what about 100... going forward, we give the yardage on pass <laughs> interference to the receivers who were interfered with? If anyone is welcome to track that and tell me what that is, and I will add it. But... <laughs> Can we do retroactive? Uh, hey, listen. <laughs> if someone wants to say I will track it, then I'll put it in the put in the score. So, uh, second place was me. Uh, unfortunately, I ran, I ran uh, two running backs, William Powell and Andrew Harris. Um, it just really, really did not uh, get it done, uh, especially William Powell. Um, but Zach Caleros and Greg Ellingson connected for a combined forty six point two, which really made my week. And forty six point eight. 46.8 uh, really made my week. Uh, fortunately, Malik Henry was not able to uh, continue his big streak, only 9.3, but that was enough for me to take second weekly, 77.4. And for Peter, he decided this week he wanted to play Bo Levi Mitchell. Uh, not the week to do that, unfortunately. Uh, only 9.5. Against Winnipeg. 
for our man Bo. Uh, but like we've talked about a lot, Jamal Morrow, 20.6. Uh, another, you know, that got Peter, 70.2. And now we come to Tyler. The man has been memed. He got memed. He saw Rashid Bailey tweet out a Planet of the Apes image macro and said, all right, this is my guy. And uh, Rashid Bailey showed After out. After his friend points. warned him. <laughs> and, uh, well, yeah. So, and it, Tyler felt he'd, he'd double up. Uh, even though the, I think, I, I, Marshall Ferguson tweeted out the percentages. Uh, hold on here. Let me, let me look it up. Stay where you are. I will say that I, I did sit uh, Kamar Jordan, who did also terrible. So, yeah, it, so that was a good uh, call. Great call there. Well done, man. Uh, let's see here. Well okay. Done. Greg Ellingson has been targeted on 20, almost 25% of uh, <laughs> Winnipeg's possessions, or pass targets, rather. Um, so, and then unfortunately, we had out of nowhere uh, a good who the hell is this guy of the week, Carlton Agadosi, uh, which with two touchdowns, stole some of the thunder from Dalton Schoen and Rashid Bailey. So, Tyler, unfortunately, you ended the week with only 51.6. Yeah. And uh, at the... Rashid Bailey, I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but, buddy, you're a punk. You, you make <laughs> you make big tweet tweet announcements like you're like, going into battle. Listen, you're, your teammates are dragging your, your ass this season. You've done, <laughs> you've done absolutely nothing. I know we don't drag players in this, but this is because for... he was moved to wide out. I've been saying this. Yeah, he was, John has been talking about this. I'll talk he to you. Playing, right. He needs to be moved back to the inside in the slot. Utilize the waggle. That's all I gotta say. Overall, uh, Matty B sitting up top four thirty five point two, but it is a tight race. Even you know, there's only uh, thirty four point eight points separating first and last. So I'm at four thirty five point two, and then we have a. Uh, traffic jam, uh, Tyler 403.9, Peter 403.6, and John with his big century uh, week 400.4. So we're, we're, we're right there. It's very tight. Uh, this is exciting. It's exciting because even you're in first place, 35 feels like a lot, but no. a bat, a, one week could flip that. Well, that I mean, that's exactly what John did. It's amazing. Um, with a 50-point um, effort over you, he's right there with you. Whereas last week he was 50 points behind. So I need uh, I need to know if Nick Arbuckle is starting this week. This is going to pain me. Is he is he have a good chance of starting this week? Or is there uh, no chance? I don't know. I think yes. I don't know, man. Caleb played pretty well. I would. Mm. <sighs> painful i don't i there's a lot of jishroon is now the number two one is in the on the roster in the pecking order so he's doing nothing for me my team is a is a disaster the the no showing of kamar jordan weineke and bailey is just you know i'm just relying on a very select amount of players i got no backups i'm sorry to hear that let's uh let's here this is what i wanted to talk about though I, I teased it at the beginning of the show. It's not CFL related, but it is important, and it's something that we all deal with every day. And I want your guys' opinion on Erectile it. Erectile dysfunction. No. <laughs> Bar soap versus liquid mm. soap. God. For me, it's not a competition. For me? It is liquid soap all day every oh, day. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yes, yes, yes. No, Why no, do no. I want... Bar soap is a filthy, filthy thing. It's, yeah, it's, let me go wash myself with. You put it on your dirty body, and it's just dirty, man. Hey, bro, hey brother, brother, you know this, this is what they liquid have soap. You get fresh soap at every application. That's uh, ideal. Matt, Matt, you want Matt? You want to? What do you, What do you say? I have long been a bar soap boy. Let's go. Uh but. <laughs> <laughs> I no longer buy soap, so I've got the Neutrogena Rainforest Mist liquid soap from yes. uh, 
Yeah, from uh, Costco. So because the fairer sex acknowledges that liquid soap. Okay, is bad. I, I will say I also bought a nice uh, silicone scrub pad, like exfoliating washer yeah. pad. So you just squirt some soap onto the pad, lather it up. It gives a really nice scrub. So like, and you can do that with a bar soap. Can but, do that with my mitts, man. So, yeah. Uh, no, I'm a liquid soap boy. I got a couple of things on bar soap, which is why. One, no one else is touching my bar soap. For the point you just mentioned, it's my soap. So, when you have liquid soap, somebody comes over, they're just going to use all <laughs> your dams. Who's coming it's, over enough and showering your place that that matters? Well, my brother and I now live at my parents' house for the next few weeks, so I am splitting okay. bo- the that's body. A good, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good reason. That's a good reason. Uh, soap, you, you know, Matt, I do, I do have a, a scrubber myself for when I do have liquid soap, but typically I buy a soap that has some, a bar of soap that has some grit in it. So that way I just use the bar of soap and it does the job now. And nowadays they have these giant bars of soap, which last weeks. They're more environmentally friendly because they don't have all the plastic packaging and all that stuff comes in. That's a good point. I, I do like that. Uh, it's it's bar soap for me. And the thing is, I did the reverse. I, I used to be a, a liquid soap only guy. Now I'm bar soap. My skin is so much better since I switched to that. I used to have really dry legs, especially because I just wasn't getting the getting enough from the liquid soap. It's it's yeah, it's the bar soap. And then the problem is with, with liquid soap is with the bar soap I have it in my hand. It's never gonna stop sudsing, right? As long as I got the soap, I'm not I'm sudsing. You know, yes. if, if, the liquid stuff, I got to go over, I got to squeeze some more out. And then I'm like, you know, then you start rationing, you start rationing this, the, this, the soap. I've never had this problem. The rat. What you're talking about here. <laughs> we will be posting this poll All right. on our wait, Twitter wait, page. We, we have a corollary. We have a corollary. What does Peter say? Do, do we have, we asked two him? Two and one. Who's no. doing two and one? Who's got a separate condition? I've got, I have moved recently. This is recent. I mean, obviously, growing up, you got the big jug, two-in-one, head and shoulders. That's the way to do it. Absolutely. But over the last year, I now have a shampoo and I have a conditioner. Question, do you shampoo and do you shampoo as often as you condition, or do you condition more than you shampoo? I shampoo and condition twice a week. That's a lot. I don't, that's, I don't think it's that much. I think that's not a lot, especially when I'm, I'm fairly active, so I think I need twice a week. Dry out your scalp. No, I don't think twice a week is going to dry out your scalp too much. In the winter, that would, yeah, for me. Okay. Well, right now. I, I think... I'll say that I condition every every shower. Yeah, see, that's... I, I don't condition every but I condition... Every, I, I take two showers a day, and I condition in one of them. Uh, sh- shampooing happens once a week. Conditioning happens every day. That's the big switch I've made. But yeah, it's shampoo and conditioner. At a certain point, you got to grow up. <laughs> I guess I also have a separate... I switched between a shampoo and a scalp treatment. So every every shower what's is the, the What's the difference? Condition. Uh, sham, well, they're both kind of the same thing, but the uh, scalp treatment really exfoliates and gets gets nice Piece and, of advice uh, for people who deal with the dry scalp. Use head and shoulder. If you use head and shoulders, it's a great product. Switch up the type of head and shoulders you use every time you go to the store to buy a new bottle. They have tiny different ingredients, and switching it up every so often helps uh, it attack the scalp, uh, attack the dryness better. Because after time, your scalp will get accustomed to the shampoo you're using, and so it won't work as well. So just switch it up every so often. And that'll help keep your uh, scalp nice and nice. See, and that's why I do the the scalp treatment, yep, yep. the tea tree scalp treatment. It really gives it a different yep. uh, vector of attack. While yes. we were going over this, I did look up just to get some facts about bar soap versus liquid soap, and I just got some quick bullet points for you. <laughs> bar soaps, bar soap has less chemicals in it. Uh, Is this from Doctor? Give me the website you're reading this on. <laughs> uh, it's called The Healthy, a Reader's Digest website. Who paid for this research? Who paid for this article? Uh, Reader's Digest. I don't. Seems like a Doctor Squatch well, ad. It's not. It's not a. It, it does say positive things about. They, they brought up some of the things we said. Liquid soap is better if you're sharing. It also. It also to your point the minimal contamination. So you are. You are right that it doesn't. Tra- the bacteria. Does there is some bacteria on bars of soap? Uh, it does say that if you have allergies, uh, sensitive skin, or other allergies, 
uh, bar soap is better because there's fewer ingredients, and that goes back to what I just said. They let less uh, less chemicals in bar soap. So it seems like there's a pros and cons to to it outside of what we had said. Well, this has brought our podcast to almost exactly an hour. It's You're exactly welcome. what the people want. We will be putting out a poll on our Shups and Preds Twitter page. Bar soap versus liquid soap. Let your voice be heard on the most important issue of our day. And then how do you clean how do you clean your balls? Oh edit. And then we'll talk to you <laughs> next week. Peace out.